Amen. Amen. All right. Well, turn with me in your Bibles this morning to Habakkuk chapter number three. Habakkuk chapter number three. Today we're going to start a, a new series for our noonday Bible study. I'm going to be teaching from this, uh, the thought, rising above crisis. Rising above crisis. Say with me. Say, I shall arise <coughs> above my crisis. Say it again. I shall arise above my crisis. All right, Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 17. And when you get there, hold up your Bibles and we'll make our faith confession together. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17. Ready? Repeat after me. This is my Bible. <coughs> I am exactly who it says I am. I have exactly what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer, not a doubter. I am a doer not just a hearer, and my life is being restored since I've been receiving the word of faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And how can I hear without a preacher? Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 17, rising above crises, rising above crises. Verse 17 says, Although the fig shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vine. The labor of the oil shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stall. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, and he will make my feet like hinds feet, and he will cause me or make me to walk upon mine high places. I want to read that from the Amplified. It says, though the figs does not blossom and there is no fruit on the vine, though the product, the produce of the product of the olives fail and the fields yield no food, though the flock is cut off from the foal and there are no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will exude in the victorious God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, my personal bravery, and my invincible army. He makes my feet like hinds feet and will make me to walk, not to stand still in terror, but to walk and make spiritual progress upon my high places of trouble, suffering, and responsibility. And so here we see in the text that there is uh, for you and I, he's talking about when there is no increase, there is no manifestation in our lives, no productivity, no provision. We're not gaining, but seems like we're losing. No opportunities being opened up for us. He said we should still rejoice in the God of our salvation. And so now I want to read it. I want to read it from the Message Bible. I love what the Message Bible says. It says, though the cherry trees don't blossom and the strawberries don't ripen, though the apples be worm-eaten, and the, wheat, and the wheat fields stunted. Though the sheep pens are sheepless and the cattle barns empty, I'm singing joyful praise to God. I'm turning cartwheels of joy to my Savior God, counting on God's rule to prevail. I take heart and gain strength. I run like the deer. 
I feel like I'm king of the mountain. And so he lets you and I know that even though we have adverse circumstances and adverse situations in our lives, difficulties and obstacles, that we can still rejoice because we will rise above the crisis that we have. I want to start off with a kingdom statement this morning. Kingdom statement is this. Wherever there is crisis, there is always the promise of support, strength, and guaranteed victory. Wherever there is crisis, regardless to the kind of crisis that you're having, wherever there is crisis, there is always the promise of support, strength, and guaranteed victory. So in my crisis and during my crisis, I can expect support, say support, support. say strength, strength, say guaranteed victory. Now, that is the expectation that you and I can have from God when we are going through a crisis. Turn with me in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. And while you're going there, I want to quote uh, some other scriptures to you just to build your faith. How many know faith come by what? Hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. Psalm 46 and 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Isaiah 41 and 10 says, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. The Amplified says, with my victorious right hand. And then Hebrews 13 and 5 and 6 says, for God has said, he will never leave you nor forsake you. Therefore, you can boldly say, that he is your helper, and you will not have to fear. Amen. So look at uh, verse number one of Isaiah 43. You should be there. Look at verse number one. Look what it says here. <clears throat> verse number one says, But now thus says the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. Say, I belong, to God. I belong to God. Now look what he says, because we belong to him. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. And when thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Why? Because I am the Lord your God the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. So we see here God's commitment to us, that God has made a commitment to you and I to always give us strength, to give us support, and to be there to give us guaranteed victory when we're going through our crisis. So again, whenever there is crisis, there is always the promise of support, strength, and guaranteed victory. Now, when we talk about rising above crisis, what are we talking about? We're talking about overcoming, living beyond, and manifesting victory over life's difficulties. Overcoming, living beyond, and manifesting victory over life's difficulties. Now, the scripture is clear, according to John 16 and verse number 33, that in this world, you and I will have tribulation. Amen. We will have tribulation. It's a part of life. But God has given us what we need to overcome the things that we face with in this world. 
let's go to First uh, John chapter four. First John chapter four. In the world, you're gonna have tribulation. Jesus said, "Be of good cheer, because He has overcome the world." So Jesus is an overcomer. Say that. Jesus is an overcomer. But we know when we look at the ministry of Jesus that everything He was faced with, He overcame it. Amen. Amen. Every difficulty, we know he had temptation, we know he had tests, we know he had trials, we know he had all these things he had to deal with, for the scripture is clear on that, but he overcame everything that he was faced with. And so he can say to you and I, be of good courage, be encouraged, strengthen yourself, I have already overcome the world. Now look at 1 John 5 and 4, because, because he's overcome the world, then the Bible says something interesting concerning you and I. First John chapter 4, I mean, First John chapter 4 and verse number 17, verse 17. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, it's talking about Jesus now, so are we when we get to heaven. Huh? In this world, in, in this one. Well, in this world, according to John 16:33, in this world, we will have what? Tribulation. But be of good cheer because he's already overcome. Well, as he is, so are we in this world where we have tribulation. We're overcomers in the world where we have the obstacles, where we have the difficulties, where we have the tribulation. Say, I am, I am. a world overcomer. A world overcomer. Say, in every, crisis, in every crisis, in every challenge, in every difficulty, I am an overcomer. Go to chapter 5, verse 4. You're right there in 1 John. Just drop down verse number 4. For whosoever is born of God. Is that talking about you? Are you born again? Are you born from above? Well, whosoever or whatsoever is born of God, what? Overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our what? Faith. So through our faith, we're overcomers. Now, that's why your faith is important, because if you're going to manifest victory in your life, it's going to be through your faith. Amen. And faith come by what? Hearing. hearing and hearing by what? By the word of God. Now, here's my objective. My objective is to raise your expectation through the word of God for complete and total victory in the face of adverse circumstances. To raise your expectation through the word of God. For complete, somebody say complete. complete. Say total. total. Complete and total victory in the face of adverse circumstances. Is there anybody in here ever had some adverse circumstances? Is there anybody in here facing some adverse circumstances right now? <laughs> well, you're in the right place today. Amen. Now, God is a God who always causes us to triumph. In other words, he gives you and I an overcoming, satisfying victory. In his word, he promises us victory in every and all things. There is nothing, no thing, no challenge, no obstacle, no opposition, no difficulty, no adversity that is greater than the God who's on the inside of us. Greater is he, the scripture says, that is in us than he that's in the world. Now go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 13. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13. You can be encouraged today despite your adversities, despite your difficulties, despite the tests, 
despite the challenges, despite whatever. Let, let me put it this way. It doesn't matter what life throws at you. You can still knock it out the park. Amen. Just get, get your swing ready. Just, just, just get, your, get your cliques, <laughs> get your back, get your swing ready, because it's, it's going over the fence. Amen. I don't know about you. I'm going for the fence. Amen. Amen. In every situation, God always causes us to triumph. And so you should be expecting total victory in every situation, in every adversity that you're faced with. Amen. Amen. Now, where I tell you to go? 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Watch what he says here now. So it doesn't matter what you're facing. God has a plan for you to overcome. Look at verse number 13. Verse 13 says, there has no temptation taken you, but such as is what? Common to man. So, so you don't face anything that somebody else hadn't gone through. So stop thinking you're the only one. You know, I'm the only one going through this. Nobody, you know, stop thinking your marriage is the only one like that. Somebody else is like that too. And somebody else then overcame and, and, and got the T-shirt, the mug, and everything else. And so you just, you just need to know that you're not the only one. He says, there's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Say, God is faithful. God is faithful. Say that again. God is faithful. You got to remind yourself of the faithfulness of God, regardless to what you're going through. But God is faithful, who will not suffer or allow you to be tempted above that you're able, but will, with the temptation, also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So you can deal with whatever you're going through because God is faithful. I want to read that in the Message Bible. I like the way the Message Bible puts it in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Look what he says here. <clears throat> no test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. So somebody else has already, I, I guarantee you, you, you Google your situation, you'll find out it's a club out there. You know, so, you know, you, you, got, you got a whole little group out there. You, you know, you, you <laughs> tell the person that says, say, you're not the only one that's dealing with a situation like you're dealing with. Now, the devil loves to isolate you and make you think you're the only one in the church or you're the only one on your row dealing with what you're dealing with. And look what he says. He said, all you need to remember, all you need to remember is that God will never let you down. Hallelujah. <laughs> you just need to remember that God will not let you down. He'll never let you down. He'll never let you be pushed past your limit. He's always, he'll always be there to help you come through it. So God's not going to allow you to be pushed beyond your limits. So stop telling yourself you can't handle this. And you know, I just can't handle it. Yes, you can. Yes, you can because God is faithful. He will not allow you to be pushed beyond your limit. If you couldn't handle it, you wouldn't be in it. You can't handle it. Amen. Stop telling yourself you cannot handle it because you're going to have what you say. You can handle it. Tell the person that should say you can handle it. Tell them say you can deal with it. Now, what is a crisis? Let's get some definition here. A crisis is a critical situation. It's something that's crucial. It's vital. It's, it's, it's extremely important to the point where some decisions have to be made. A crisis. It's a turning point or an unstable condition. Crisis. It's a sudden change. For the worse in the course of a thing. It's a sudden change. This thing took a turn for the worse. You believe in God, you know, he thought it was getting better. All of a sudden it took a sudden turn for the worse. Mm -hmm. 
That's a crisis. Somebody say crisis. It's an emotionally stressful occurrence or traumatic change in a person's life. Something that's shocking, <laughs> disturbing, hurtful, painful. You ever got some shocking news? I mean, you, find, you, you, know, you get, a, get a negative report. I mean, it's shocking. Maybe it's about your spouse or about your marriage or you find out something, something shocking, something that just, just shocks you to the core of your heart where you believe at. That's called a crisis. It's when conflict reaches its highest tension and must be resolved. It's when you say, we need to talk. <laughs> and we need to talk. <laughs> Contextually, for our teaching, I want to give you a working definition that we can work with. It's a situation or adversity that has threatened the stability of your peace in God, the strength of your faith in God, and the security of the promises of God for your life. I'll give it to you again. It's a situation or adversity that has threatened the stability of your peace in God. When something comes to threaten the stability of your peace in God, Threatens the strength of your faith in God and the security of the promise of God for your life. That is a crisis. My peace has been threatened. My faith has been threatened. And now the promises of God are just kind of lying in the balance for me. Now, John 10.10 10 says the thief comes not but for to do what? Steal. What else? Kill. And what? And destroyed, but Jesus said what? I am come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. The Amplified says life in abundance to the full, to the ab abundance to the full, till it overflows. So anything that comes to threaten that, Jesus came to give me life and give me abundant life, which encompasses, you know, everything that he died for. My, my healing, my salvation, my deliverance, my peace, my prosperity my preservation, my protection, anything that comes to threaten that, my success, success in your relationship, success in your career, anything that comes to threaten that has now become a crisis for you. And you have to give your attention. You cannot ignore it because it will, it will threaten the stability of your peace in God. It'll threaten the strength of your faith in God and have you believe that the promise of God is not going to manifest in your life. And so you cannot just sit back and just let the crisis take on a life of its own. You have to be able to stand up in faith in the authority that Jesus Christ has given you and begin to fight the good fight of faith so you can turn that crisis around. Are you listening to me? So you cannot, if you just sit back and do nothing, the devil will overcome you. He will defeat you, but you have been given authority over all the power of the devil. You have been given faith so you can overcome. You have been given everything you need. The word of God. You have the word of God. You have the blood of Jesus Christ. You have the anointing. You have the Holy Ghost. You have everything you need so you can win, but you can't sit still. You have to get off the defense and get on the offense. Amen. So you can rise above the crisis that you're having in your life. We all have crisis. 
We all have. Crisis doesn't mean you out the will of God. Crisis doesn't mean you've done something wrong. Crisis means you in this world. In this world, you will have tribulation. So as long as you are here, you're going to have some difficulties you're going to have to deal with. But nobody can fight your fight but you. Amen. Amen. Tell the person that says it's your fight. Tell them say we can agree with you. We can, we can encourage you. We can stand with you. But we can't fight for you. I can't fight for you. They, they call you. They want you. <laughs> can't, can't fight for you. Amen. Can't fight for you. So I want you to, I want you to get ready to fight because you're in a crisis. You're in a crisis. Amen. We know America's in a crisis. We understand that. We know the, the things that we're dealing with in our country, but we don't even have to go to America. Some of y'all having crisis in the house. Some things in the house you need to give attention to. Some things where your health is concerned you need to give attention to. Some things where your kids are concerned you need to give attention to. Some decisions need to be made and need to be made now. But you're going to have to stand up in faith and you're going to have to fight the good fight of faith. Amen? Say, I'm, I'm planning on winning. Say, he gives me overcoming, satisfying victory in every situation. Glory to God. Amen? Turn me your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 14. You can win. You can win. Stop crying. Stop crying. Stop complaining. You can win. Look what he says in verse number 14. Are you there? He says, now thanks be unto God, which sometimes causes us to triumph in, in Christ. No, not always. No, sometimes he does. Huh? When? When is always? What does always mean? Always, right? He always, all the time, causes me to triumph. So there's nothing that I can be faced with. There is no crisis I can have in my life that God has not already said that he would cause me to win in it. Are you listening to me? Go to second. Uh, mm, my goodness, I don't even have this. First uh, 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 Timothy, First Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 12. First Timothy 6 and 12. Ah, is that it? Mm -hmm. uh, verse number 12. Uh, yeah, that's it. First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. I'm looking for the fighters now, man. I, you know, you, we got too many passive Christians, too many Christians just, you know, too many spaghetti back and, you know, just, just spineless, just sitting back, just, well, whatever the law, whatever the law want to do, you know. No, what, what you want? What you want? What you want to do? You want to win? That's like, that's like being on the team talking about, well, whatever the coach wants. The coach wants victory. Now, what you gonna, you gonna get out there and play or what? Look what it says in verse 12. Fight. Fight. It's all right to pray, but when you finish praying, you gotta be ready to fight. Fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life wherewith thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. But he says, you got to fight the fight of faith to lay hold, to lay hold to the promises of God, to lay hold of what God's giving you, your peace. You got to fight the fight of faith for your peace. You have to fight the fight of faith for your joy. You have to fight the fight of faith for your marriage. You got to fight the fight of faith for your ministry. You got to fight the fight of faith for your healing. God's already given it to you, so you're not fighting so that you can gain victory. You're fighting to maintain victory, but you got to fight. You got to get up and fight, saints. 
You got to be talking the word of God, speaking the word of God out of your mouth, calling the thing that be not as though it were, saying what the word of God said, not letting doubt come in your heart, speaking to that mountain so that mountain can move. You got to start fighting the fight of faith. If you just lay down and do nothing, the devil will win every time. But we got we to gotta fight. We have crisis, but we can win the crisis that we have. God specializes in getting his children out of crisis situations. Amen. He specializes in getting you out. There's no situation you can be in God can't get you out. There's no situation in your life that can't turn. Amen. Moses and the children of Israel was at the Red Sea crisis situation. The Red Sea before him, Pharaoh and his army behind him, mountains on both sides. That's a crisis. And God spoke to him because he was crying to God. Oh, God, what are we going to do out there? You, you're Pharaoh, you, you didn't told me to come out here and deliver the people. I'm doing exactly what you said. Shut up, Moses. What's that in your hand? Ain't nothing but an old stick, old rod. Lift it up. Lifted up the rod. What happened? The Red Sea opened up. That cool wind came through. The Holy Ghost blew it through. Dry ground. They walked through on dry land, went to the other side. That was a crisis situation, but God delivered them in that crisis situation. Because he specializes when it comes to crisis situations. Folks, God ain't scared. Are you listening to me? And he'll do the same thing for you. Remember that, wid that widow whose husband died. And when her husband died, left, left the family in debt. Left the family in debt, and they came to, you know, pick, pick, up, pick her boys up, get her boys to, to pay off the debt. Because you couldn't pay your debt. In that time, they take your children. See, some of you getting a good idea right now. Say, shoot, I can get out of debt right now. I got a couple of them they can come get. <laughs> they, take, they take your children. <laughs> And so the scripture says she went to the man of God. She went to the prophet. She said, she said, they, they coming to get my boys. See, that's a crisis situation when you're about to lose your boys. Now, she was about to lose them to death. Maybe you're getting ready to lose yours to the devil All right. or lose your kids to the world. Maybe you're about to lose them to prison. And she went to the man of God. The man of God began to minister to her and asked her, what you got in the house? It ain't over. It ain't over. God can help you. He can turn this crisis situation. That was a crisis situation for her, and he gave her a creative idea, and he got her out of debt. So she can keep her boys. The woman at zero fat, her and her son was getting ready to eat their last meal and die. Crisis situation. I'm just getting you to see that God, he specializes in getting you and I out of crisis situations. And so her and her son was getting ready to eat the last meal. And the man of God said, no, no, I'll tell you what you do. He said, make some cake, but make mine first. Give it to me. And when she did, God stepped in and God caused her meal bearer to never run dry again. And the Bible said that God sustained her and the man of God and took care of her son. But after that, that same son, that boy died. And when he died, she went to the man of God and she declared, all is well. All is well. I'm not moved by my situation. All is well. I just saw what God did a couple of, weeks, a couple of days ago. I know he's the same. He can do it now. And sometimes we approach God like he's brand new when it comes to situations. You've been in situations before. You've been with your back against the wall before. You've seen God deliver you before. And he'll do the same thing today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And he still specializes in getting you out of yes. crisis situations. He specializes in getting us out of crisis situations. The servant of Elisha was cutting down some wood one day. 
And when he was cutting that wood down, the Bible said the axe head fell off that stick. And when the axe head fell off that stick, it went into the water. And the first thing the servant cried out, he said, alas, master, help me, man of God. That axe head was borrowed. Now I'm indebted to somebody. And the man of God said, just show me where it fell. Showed him where it fell. He cut a stick down, threw that stick in the water, and the axe head began to swim. Folks, that's a move of God because iron don't swim. I don't care where you live. Iron just don't swim. But that iron head began to swim. And got him out of debt. So even if you're in a crisis situation where your debt is concerned, God already know what he's going to do. And he can get in. God can cancel your debt, I'm telling you. Crisis situation. The king of Syria had surrounded Elijah and his servant with horses and chariots. And the Bible said they feared the prophet, uh, the servant of the man of God, feared for his life. And told the prophet, he said, we're in trouble. The king of Syria has surrounded us. Look at all these horses and look at all these chariots. And then Elisha, the man of God, said, he said, don't worry about it. Those that be with us are more than they that are with them. And so he said, do what? <laughs> those that are with us are more than those that are with them. Okay, it's me, you, <laughs> this mule we came in on. <laughs> and he said, God opened his eyes. He just can't see. He's just looking in the natural. See, you can't walk by faith looking in the natural. You got to get your eyes off what you see in the natural. You got to get your eyes off what you're hearing in the natural. And God opened up his eyes and he began to see a chariot of fire surrounding him. And he knew then that God was with them. Yeah. A crisis situation. God specializes in getting you and I out of crisis situation. God gave, uh, had given Joshua Jericho, but he had to march around the walls. He had to march around the wall. And as he marched around the wall, something supernatural began to happen. God delivered him again. In a crisis situation, David was faced with a giant of a situation. Somebody say crisis. crisis. And he had never been faced with a giant before. He had faced a lion. He had faced a bear, but never a giant. And maybe you're dealing with something you've never had to deal with before. Although it's not common, it's somebody else who has gone through it, but maybe it's new for you. But you got to know that even in that, God can still deliver you in a crisis situation. Peter was in jail and an angel showed up. I like that because the scripture say the, the angel told Peter, Peter, get up, put your sandals on, boy, put your gaiters on, get up out of here. And he put his gaiters on. He walked up out that prison. That's because God got involved in his crisis situation. The woman with an issue of blood, that's a crisis situation, been in that situation for 12 years. And then Jesus ministered healing to her. It's a crisis situation. And he specializes in delivering you and I out of crisis situation. I mean, know it's a crisis situation when you got 5,000 men and you only have two fish and five loaves and everybody plan on eating. But it was a crisis situation. Daniel in the lion's den. Why am I giving you all of these examples? Because I want you to know that God specializes in getting you and I out of crisis situations. Amen. That, that your crisis is not brand new to God. This is not the first time where God had to get involved and deliver his people. But Daniel in that lion's den, that's a crisis situation. But the Bible said that God shut the mouth of those lions. The Hebrew boys in that fire. The king got up and said, look down in there. He said, didn't I put three in there? I see four in there. And the fourth one looked like the son of God. He showed up. He'll show up in your heated situation. He shows up in crisis situations to deliver us out. Amen. Even Jesus was in a crisis situation. He was carrying that cross 
of Golgotha's hill, and he had to die on Golgotha. He couldn't die halfway. He had to get that cross to Golgotha. And the weight of that cross was weighing him down, and then he took that cross and rolled it on Joseph, and Joseph carried that cross the rest of the way. But then he died on that cross. They put him in the grave. Looked like it was over. But the third day, God raised him up. Why? Because he gets involved in our crisis situations. Turn me your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. When you look at Hebrews chapter 11, you don't see nothing but crisis situation. That's all you see is crisis situation. And remember we read uh, 1 John 5 and 4, Whosoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our what? Even our faith. Even our faith. If your crisis, if you're going to rise above your crisis, it requires your faith. You're going to have to use your faith. Folks, you haven't been getting word. So you can walk around and let everybody know how many scriptures you know. That's right. That's right. You hadn't been getting word so you can, you know, let your relatives know you, you know a few more scriptures than them. That's not why you've been getting word. You've been getting word so you can build your faith. Because you are going to have to face a crisis. Amen. You're either, you're, you're either just come out of a crisis, in a crisis, or getting ready to get in another. But you're going to have to deal with crisis. It's a part of life. Are you listening to me? But we overcome every crisis that we have in life. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number. You know, you can just pick a verse. What you want to read? You tell me. <laughs> Look at verse 4. By faith, Abram. Verse 7. By faith, Noah. See, that's, this, this is how you get a good report with God. It's, it's going it's to be by faith. By, by faith, Abraham, verse, verse number 8. By faith, he sojourned. And, and verse, verse number 9. Verse number 11. Through faith, Sarah also. Well, we, we know about Sarah, but, but through faith. She had a crisis, but, but through faith. Verse 17. By faith, Abraham. Verse 20. By faith, Isaac. Verse, verse 21, by faith Jacob, by, by, verse 22, by faith Joseph, by, uh, uh, ver, verse 23, by faith Moses. Verse 24, by faith Moses again. Uh, verse 28, it talks about what he did through faith. Uh, by faith, verse 29, by faith they passed through the Red Sea. See, that was done by faith. And then I like what it says in verse number 11, I mean verse number 32, it says, and what shall I, shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell you about Gideon. See, time doesn't even permit to talk about all the crisis situation. We could spend the rest of the day just talking about crisis situation that God delivered folk out of. Man, God's always delivered people out of crisis situation. We don't even have the time to talk about how God got involved. We hadn't even talked about the dead folk he raised. We hadn't even talked about all the stuff that happened during the ministry of Jesus. Hadn't even talked about all the stuff that happened in the book of Acts. He's always special. We could just go down the road this morning and just talk about you and talk about all the crisis situations that God had delivered you out of. He's a God that specializes in getting us out of crisis situation. Amen? It says I don't even have the time to talk about Gideon. And, and, and uh, Barack Obama. It, it, see, he even in there. <laughs> and Samson and Japheth 
and David also and, and, and Samuel and, and of the prophet who through faith subdued kingdom, wrought righteousness, obtained promise, stopped the mouth of the lion, quenched the, uh, the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword out of, out of, out of, out of, out of weakness from, from made strong. See, folks, there's so many things that God delivered his people from because he specializes in getting you and I out of crisis situation. He got me out of a crisis situation. And he specializes in doing that. Amen. Amen. So you should be encouraged. You should be encouraged. God's not brand new to trouble, man. He said, I'm a very present help in the time of trouble. You won't know what God is in your trouble. He in your trouble with you. He's a very present. He's shown enough present with you and I when we are in trouble. Look at Romans chapter 15, our last scripture for the day. Got to be encouraged. You around here trying to be sad and, and want to have a pity party and want everybody to feel sorry for you. Amen. You got, you got, you got, you got, you got to toughen up. Got to toughen up, saints. Got to toughen up. Thanks be unto God, which giveth us the victory. He gives us victory. We have the victory. Amen. Somebody say, I have the victory. I have the victory. Say, I got, I got it. Say it like you have it. Say, I got it. Don't, got don't, it. don't say have. Have's not strong enough. I know it's correct. Don't say have. Say, I got it. I got the victory. Yeah. And you got to start acting like you got the victory. You got to walk like you. You need to get your swagger back and walk like you got victory. Stop walking with your head down. Put your head up. Get your shoulders up. Start saying what the word says. I can do all things. In every situation, God always calls me to triumph. In all things, I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who loved me and gave his life for me. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed and made whole. God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The seed of the righteous is delivered. My seed shall be mighty in the earth. You got to start saying what God said. My God supplies all my needs. You got to say what the word says. Or you can be walking around, well, I just, I just tell you, it's just so tough out here in this world. Folks, there ain't no victory in that. See, I wouldn't put you in the game. The coach say, okay, we, Jackie, went, went crunch time, Jackie, crunch time. I, I need you in the game. Well, coach, I don't know. I don't know, coach. I try. I try. What you want me to do, run the ball? I try. No, you don't. You want the man to say, coach, 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 put me in the game. Put me in the game. I'll run it. Somebody who got some confidence. Amen. Amen. You got to start talking faith. See, even in your house. See, a lot of times what we call in real talk ain't nothing but talk or doubt. No, you and your spouse, y'all need to start talking faith. Saying what the word said. You don't get an opportunity to talk doubt because you're at home. We live by faith. Amen. Don't talk faith to the church members and then talk doubt at home. Verse 4 says, for whatsoever things were written aforetime. See, that's all the stuff we just talked about. All the things we talked about. Why was all that written? For our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scripture might have what? That's so we can have expectation. All those things we mentioned to you and all those things we read, all that stuff we read out of Hebrews, that was written so we can learn. And we, through patience and comfort of the scripture, 
might have expectation. The expectation that if God did it for them, he'll do it for me. Look, look at, look at, look at, let me show you one more. One more I want to show you. Go, go to Acts 10. This, this is an email. This just came in. <laughs> Acts 10 and verse 34. I got 10 seconds. Come on, y'all hurry up. Y'all on my time. Acts 10, verse 34. I think it's verse 34. I hope it's verse 34. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, that's, 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 yeah, that's it. Verse, verse 34. Watch what he said. First, let me get there. Let me get there. Watch what he said. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Oh, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. God's not partial. If, if he did it for David, he'd do it for Charles. If he did it for the woman with the issue of blood, he'll do it for the woman with the issue of her mortgage. Amen. 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 If, if, he, if he did it for Daniel in the line did, he'll, he'll do it for you. Did it for the Hebrew boys, he'll do it for you and your boys. He's not a respecter of persons. And all that was written so we can learn. And through patience and comfort of the scripture, we can have expectation. Amen. Say, I'm expecting God, I'm expecting God. To, turn my crisis. to turn my crisis. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank God for the word.